Hi, welcome to Healthcare Marketing Insights for the week of June 14, 2010. I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, healthcare marketing firm, putting on the podcast. And I am joined today by... Jackie Ritako, account coordinator with Interval. And uh, Adam Meyer, design director at Interval. Welcome, guys. Thanks. Hello. This is going to be our listener appreciation episode. Uh, we've got some great feedback that I'm going to read back. All right. But, it, but it, it does remind me that, you know, we never explain what we do on our podcast. You know, there are podcasts where there's just like a little introductory sentence about what we do. We mm-hmm. should probably craft that. We could do that. Because if somebody comes in, you know, we hope we're drawing new listeners all the time. And if they just join in, they have no idea. And given some of the feedback, they might be a little surprised by what they find. So it might be good if we crafted some kind of description. Intro, yeah. Yeah, and we could include that on our website, too, and put it in the iTunes description. And Mm -hmm. Maybe there is something there, right? Yeah, Yeah. there is. Okay. Well, here's some feedback that made me think of that. So we heard from a couple of our long-term listeners who had forwarded our podcast on to other folks in the organization and and heard back some things that we thought we'd share. Uh, one of them was if we ever want to name our podcast something different, we could call it the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. I, I kind of do too. Good I too. like that a lot. And, and, and I don't like to pick on people, but Adam, that was directed mainly at you and me. <laughs> I love that. And if I would, do you should, like that? We should change the name to that. We'd probably get more listeners. We probably would get more listeners. The Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards. <laughs> How is that directed just to you two? Well, I think because of our, maybe our gender, slightly oh. over-neutral personalities. <laughs> That's And fair. how Adam and I can get in an argument over, over paper towel slogans and go on for 20 minutes. Maybe good point. Okay, good point. Yeah. And Jackie, you don't tend to, you tend to kind of... Fade into the woodwork. <laughs> or, yeah, just you duck those or you try to mitigate <laughs> yeah. them and mediate and... True. Yeah. Okay. So, and then another one was... Um, this was kind of a quote, man, that sounded like a bunch of people sitting around in an organ, unorganized way, just shooting the shit. That was a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, you know, actually, that's kind of our goal. Really? Just to, you know, that is the style. And that's true. why I thought maybe we should describe to people because we do talk about healthcare marketing, right? But not exclusively and certainly not in a hundred percent way. Right. Because I guess I guess our vision for this was, and if you haven't been with us in the beginning, you may not know that, is we want to talk about healthcare marketing. <clears throat> we live it. That's all we do. And we know most of our listeners live it. We this isn't a webinar, this isn't a you know, something where we expect people to tune in and get an hour's worth of, you know, really great content. It's more about opinions. <laughs> right. Uh, and we want to have fun because we should have fun in, well, I would, in our jobs. And so sometimes we go off on paper towel slogans. Yeah, or, and, you know, not to rip on whoever made that comment, but, I mean, it, that comment would lead me to believe that maybe they haven't listened to a lot of podcasts or radio shows on kind of a regular basis. Right. Cause that's really the kind of the nature of at least the radio shows or podcasts that I enjoy is people just mm-hmm. having a casual conversations yeah. around things that they know a thing or two about. Right. Which is on, yeah. Right. And when they go off on tangents, 
It's kind of it's fun. It's the entertaining part. It's the unpredictable part that you right. think that's just kind of fun to listen to. I didn't take any offense at that. No, at no, that no. Comment. I actually thought, well, that's actually kind of it's kind of what we were after. Very for. intuitive. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever said that actually nailed it. So maybe we could work that in there too. The healthcare marketing train wreck. Nice. Because <laughs> it is. I mean, we may start off on the tracks, but boy, mm-hmm. at the end, I mean, you got you got box cars, you got cars everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. What's that? That's true. That, yes, that you got cars everywhere at the end. Yeah, that's just who we are, though. Mm-hmm. We're going to stay true to who we are. <clears throat> okay. Cool. So with that, all that said, we'll try to clarify some things moving forward. And we've also talked offline, and we'd love to hear people's um, opinion on this. It, since we do take this style of a podcast, why not just go live with it? And invite others to join in through chat or calls or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, because kind of, this is live. We do this in one take. There's very little editing that goes on. Uh, we could probably do without that editing and just, well, we could certainly record it live or have it going live and then post a podcast for people who miss it. Right. Uh, but there's no reason we couldn't. And, and boy, that might add a neat dynamic too. Because mm-hmm. if this is like a radio show style, then why not just go for it? So Even we're looking into wreck. that. What's that? Even more of a train wreck. You could watch a train wreck. We could be like the <laughs> yeah. KQ92 train wreck. Power healthcare marketing in the morning. <laughs> All right. So if if you have any opinions on that or if you think you would be willing, you know, be able to join us for those occasionally. Let us know because I think we'd be willing to go down that path. Okay. So now we actually have to talk about healthcare marketing insights. All right. Keep the train on the track, <laughs> at least in the beginning. Uh, one thing we wanted to point people to, and we'll provide a uh, link to this. Uh, there was an article in the Minneapolis Star Tribune on Sunday. It was another one of their print-only. And it seems like a lot of those print-only stories are healthcare-focused. And they're usually really good stories, in-depth, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it's about the business of healthcare. Uh, and this was about the Mayo Clinic moving into the Twin Cities. Market and then we talked about this months ago. Remember when the twin or when the Mayo Clinic announced that they were going to open a clinic Mm -hmm. at some point in the Mall of America? So we don't necessarily have to have that conversation again, but it is very intriguing. And the article uh, has some kind of interesting history about how there was always maybe an unspoken pact between the Twin Cities systems and Mayo Clinic, whereby the Twin Cities systems would send difficult patients into the Mayo Clinic and Mayo right. Clinic would stay out of this market. And I don't know if anybody ever really sat down and, you know, churned that deal out in a back room. But uh, what's happened over the last decade or two is the Twin Cities hospitals have built up their own specialty centers uh, and have kept those patients. And the Mayo Clinic is, you know, looking to expand and this is a ripe market. Right. So that's very interesting. Uh, and then there are some really interesting quotes from. Uh, Finnish physicians in there. Phoenicians. Phine- Phoenicians. <laughs> Aztecs and Phoenicians. Uh, you know, and, and I'm not even going to say who they are, where they're from. I think you need to find them and, and you'll know what we're talking about. But uh, unfortunately, some of the quotes I think support how we think a lot of leaders and physicians think about how they should market. Right. Basically, look at us. All you have to do is tell people we're here and they will come to us. And you'll see some quotes in there that are kind of unfortunate. And and the PR people at those organizations must be pulling their hair out. So I, oh, I don't I'm want to sure. pile on. What's that? I just said, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I can imagine. Yep. And, 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 and I actually know 
some of the folks in those organizations and, and have talked to one or two of them about what's in the paper. And they said, you know, these people are really good. I mean, it, actually, what the what you read is probably true. Uh, it's just the manner it's stated and kind of the attitude that that belies that mm-hmm. is unfortunate. So I don't want to pile on, but the article is great for a lot of things. And we, even if you're not in the Twin Cities, uh, <clears throat> this is an example of medical tourism. I mean, a, a kind of a real short ride to Rochester. But when you have major systems going outside of their markets to try to attract people, Cleveland Clinic, Johns Hopkins, uh, whoever, Mayo Clinic, Mm-hmm. This is just another example of it. We have a uh, comment on our Facebook page, right? We do. Someone we, commented. Well, no, we don't oh, have a I, comment. I but posted, yeah. Yes, the we article. have the article posted there, so we'll direct mm-hmm. you to that too because that's a great forum to chat. Okay, so in the spirit of listener appreciation episode, uh, we asked for some input from our listeners. What would they like to hear next week? This week's, this podcast. I'm in the time machine again, sorry. <laughs> so uh, we heard from our old friend Nick Dawson at Bon Secours, uh, and he wanted us to talk a little about accountability in marketing and business development. So I asked him, well, is there something specific? Is there you know, certain pain or thread? And didn't hear back from him. So um, I kind of thought about it in one certain way. What do you guys think? And we talk about that all the time, right? I mean, first of all, there should be. Let's start with that. Should there be accountability? Yeah. Well, yeah, right? So how do you define it? So one way I thought about it was, well, it kind of depends on who you're talking about. So who should healthcare marketers be accountable to? Who are some of the people in your eyes? This isn't rhetorical. (laughs) (laughs) Can I look at the bulleted list? You You can look at the bulleted list. Look at the bulleted list and see if there's any that you think are... Consumers? Consumers. I didn't even pull that off the list. I just... Yeah. In my head. Yeah. <laughs> well, how should they be accountable to consumers? So healthcare people in hospital marketing should be accountable to consumers in their market. In what ways? Well, I think the biggest way is... Mm-hmm. I mean, as a nonprofit organization, I can, I can give a little leeway to for-profits spinning things to look a certain way because it's kind of the nature of marketing in a capitalistic society. You, you spin things quite often. When you work for a for-profit, you should not, I don't think you should be. A non-profit, you mean? Or, sorry, a non-profit. I don't, mm-hmm. there should be a very sm- minimal amount of spin, if any. I think you need honesty and you need transparency. And I think okay. that's how you really um, are accountable to the consumer side. Yeah, that's good. What else? Ethical. So that, I think that wraps up what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Honesty, yeah. And maybe even to your point of if it's a nonprofit, effective. Right. And again, we're hearing more and more mm-hmm. about people going, you spend how much money on your advertising? You're a hospital. Why do you need to do that? We do need to do it. But if you're Good putting money. out stuff that isn't effective, then people can go, well, all right, maybe I understand the business argument for why I need to advertise, but this is not effective. Right. Okay. Who else should they be accountable to? The organization, I suppose. The organization as a whole. How about specifically within that? Yeah. There are different audiences. Like, Service clearly audience. they're accountable to their boss. So yeah. unless you are the boss, the senior VP, the CMO, the VP, whatever, you're accountable to 
the leader of the marketing discipline to support the marketing plan, you know, deliver effective results, all those things, right? Mm-hmm. What if you're the boss? What and you're accountable to your team? In what ways? What's the VP accountable to his or her team for? Adam, you were in that what role. What are they not accountable for? Well, what would you, what would you want your boss to, to well, support your decisions? Support your decisions. Be a, be a part of your decisions. Support okay. your decisions. Back you up. Right. As they report to their superiors and mm-hmm. provide you with the information you need to make the decisions you need right. to make. Information and tools to do your job. Yep. How about an Leader. engaging workplace? No. Good one. <laughs> Probably only so Mr. much they can do to uh, make <laughs> that happen. Oh, but they have a lot of control to make. They can, they can't control the environment, but but if you control, if you manage a team, you have a lot to say about whether what they do is engaging. Part of what is yeah. Is the problem the problem though is is I think that holds true for certain departments that kind of live in their own little world. I just don't know that that is necessarily true. For a marketing department, you can't. If you live in your own little world in a hospital, mar- in any marketing department, you're in trouble because you, as we're talking about, are held accountable to the right. entire organization, and you need to be working closely with everybody throughout the organization to <clears throat> craft the messages that you're putting out there. It's just not really the case, I think. With especially if you look at a hospital, you could look at a lab, for example. That department kind of is. You know, yes, they work with other departments, but they're kind of their own little thing. They do their thing, and you come to them for what you need. A phlebotomy mm-hmm. island. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice right? stated. Right. Is so that the right word? I, think, I always confuse them. I just, I just think that <laughs> a, a place like that, a director could probably have, or managers could have a lot more control over creating the crafting or molding the atmosphere in which you work or kind of creating that work environment. Whereas when you're working in a, in a department like marketing that is so, that you work, you work with everyone throughout the organization, I don't know. I think the director or managers have a little less control because you're really, you're feeling everything. You're feeling all the positivity and negativity from everywhere throughout the organization. So even if, even if your own little group has a great vibe, it's really easy to taint that vibe with negativity from other areas of the organization yes and we know how hard it is for marketing to work in this environment right but don't you think that you can carve out something just for the team create engaging exercises uh go to conferences go to the museum uh have have activities and events or initiatives within the department i think you can do all those things and it helps but i just think you know when rubber when the rubber meets the road what you're doing is working for the people throughout the organization so if the actual work that you're doing and creating ends up being tainted by something negative elsewhere, it's gonna it's like a big black paintbrush that just painted over your rainbow that was created by all Dude, the fun museum wow. trips and everything that you did before. I mean, I'm just saying that's I know. one I'm of the reasons I got now. out of working well, for I a know, large But if that's the reality, and I believe that that's is. the reality, but there are things that you can do to try to alleviate that. That's what I guess I'm right. to help with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And obviously you're accountable. I think this is where you were talking more, Jackie, your organization, accountable to leadership. So um, helping support the marketing plan and the strategies in delivering business results. Right. Showing how, you know, whatever you're doing in marketing impacts the organization. Putting the right stuff out there. Yep. Yep. Uh, And even, I think, to the clinical folks, I think there might be some separate 
accountability there. I think you're somewhat accountable for helping them understand what marketing is all about, the value it can bring, mm-hmm. um, what's effective and what isn't, and also supporting their specific needs. So kind of what you are just talking about, Adam, where if it's a service line director, if it's a surgeon, if it's a cardiologist, whatever, uh, you know, they're very focused on the clinical side, but they're also focused on the business side. A lot of times they they play a management yep. role, a director role in that business. Uh, and sometimes they're experts of marketing. Sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. That never happens. Being facetious. No, I know. <laughs> but your job is to help them understand what marketing is all about. Because if you don't, nobody will. Right. And that can be really hard. And that's a long-term effort that requires mucho patience. Mm-hmm. Right? No pun intended. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. We're clever and we don't even know. Yes, there's something in that. We'll deliver mucho patience. All right. So, Nick, I hope, I hope that was uh, a nice, broad, broad but shallow discussion of accountability. <laughs> but if there's something more specific, we'd love to dive into it. So, right. Nick Definitely. or anybody else. And then we heard from another longtime listener, Chris Boyer, who forwarded to us uh, this, and we've done this before. I think this is fun to do, kind of the top 10 or 10 things, and then we, we list them and we kind of quickly debate whether we agree with them or not, okay? So this was an article uh, about College Humor, which is a company. Have you ever heard of College Humor? A website? No. I assume maybe it's a website. I've yeah. never heard of it. Oh, so yeah, I know it's what it uh, great. Okay. Hilarious stuff on there. So this is the CEO, Ricky Van Veen, and he was at the Mashable Media Summit. Now, what's Mashable for those of us that are over 40? Mashable <laughs> kind of came out of nowhere, really, and is now this major resource online, I think, for, for well, marketers or communicators especially. It's just, I think they've they started focusing a lot on social media uh, covering the news, social media news, but they've really grown into um, a resource resource for social media news, tech news, cultural news, um, and it's it's just it's it's kind of a, it's a it's very much a blog like format. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a relaxed environment. Is it know? a company though? Is Mashable uh, a company or is it yeah, just the name yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's it's got. Um, I don't remember the the name. God, of the, I'm just exposing my complete. Well, it's not necessarily. It's, it's a fairly new. It's a fairly new organization or uh, uh, information provider in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things. So, um, it's not. I, I don't. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who are still unfamiliar with them. Well, good. <clears> so <throat> I don't feel so stupid. <laughs> so anyway, uh, College Humor CEO uh, started College Humor website in his dorm room. That's how all these success stories start. Oh, I know. Maybe we should like rent a dorm room so we can, that's the innovation lab. Become really creative. and Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, now it's got 10 million unique visitors a month. Wow, that's mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, and so he spoke at this Mashable Media Summit, and he uh, gave 10 web content urban legends. All right, so here's 10 myths about web content. So I thought we would... Just read through these to see if we agree. Okay, they're pretty brief, so there's not much behind each of them. Myth number one, people will want to watch your branded content. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. Well, it depends on I what mean, it is. It depends on what your brand is. I mean, if your brand is the content, then yeah. But if you are a hospital, 
Right. <laughs> Nobody's going to probably want to watch your branded Joe job. Public exactly. doesn't care, right? Right. right. He says, if you don't have a good reason, uh, blah, blah, blah. If your goal is 75% to entertain and 25% to sell a product, you already have a handicap. So he's saying even if it's only 25% branded, that's a handicap. Mm. And it is. I mean, it needs to be, it needs to fit within. Right. People smell it as a sales deal and you're lost. Okay. Myth two, people will be patient with your content. Good myth. I doubt it. I'm not patient with online videos. That's for sure. You know, and we should, I should read this book. There's a book called, I think it's called The Shallows. And it's, it's in all the business magazines are covering it now. It's by this author who says our new internet, social media heavy worlds are completely changing the way we think. They're altering our ability to remember things um, and not in a good way. And he's got all this research and all statistics about how uh, our brain, our short-term memory retains things and filters them and says, these are the things that are important to remember Mm long-term. And if you're on a website, there's like 20 things, you can't retain any of it. So even if you're interested in what's in there, there's too much that's impacting you. So even if you say, this is really important, you'll forget it. Now, that's like a teeny nutshell of it. Right. Uh, but, But that might be interesting to look at later. So they won't be patient is the point of that. I agree with that, yeah. Uh, Myth three, people will find your content. That's the myth. Right. Well. Yeah, that's a classic one. Right. It's a classic one we hear people say, we need a new website so we can have more business. You're like... All right. Well, even if you had the best website in the world, people are or they want to be know it's or they want to be yeah. on the at the top of their Google search results tomorrow, right? Whereas that <laughs> the SEO optimization takes some and, and efforts takes time, takes quite a bit of time in some cases. Mm-hmm. Right. This is a great one. Myth number four: the internet is a level playing field. That is a good one. He says a link on the Drudge Report yields more results than some dude's blog. Not really. I mean, I mean it, it 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 certainly levels the playing field in terms of opportunity giving you yeah an opportunity to go out there and compete with the big the big dogs. But True. it's not the big dogs are still going to have advantages that you don't have even right. there. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's nothing stunning so far. No. Myth five: We have no idea why things go viral. Of course we do. I mean we. You, <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's knowing why something goes viral is different than knowing what to create that will go viral. Yeah. I mean, something goes viral because often it's, it's entertaining, it's humorous, it's just extraordinarily clever and unexpected. Right. And that's, I mean, those are the reasons something goes <laughs> right. viral. Now, mm-hmm. how do you make something like that? Well, they're ballgame. Uh, often... Y- you don't often it's done without even trying. I mean, look at David goes to the dentist. Right. There's just a funny clip that it was the kid in the backseat of the car and that thing, you know, was went crazy. Yeah. So you just you just you don't even, so Adam, you've not seen this article. No. So you should feel good because here are the things he says. Only hit only hit for nines and tens. So in other words, don't put something out that's not a nine or a ten on a scale of nine to ten. The shorter the better. The hook comes within the first twenty seconds. Um, sweet spots, college humor taps into topical issues and what they call candy corn, 
cultural touchstones that everyone knows but doesn't actively think about, and that's where you were talking about. It's a surprise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a surprise aha, which is what my college writer or my college writing teacher used to say. You want to you want to make it a surprise aha. So it's like, oh my gosh, I never thought of that, but it makes complete sense. And when you can do that, people just go, wow, yeah, this just really nailed it. Mm-hmm. If it's just a surprise and it doesn't make any sense, then people right. are like, well, that it's silly. And if it's just an aha without the surprise, then it's like, yeah, we know, whatever. Okay, myth number six, experience beats documentation. What do they mean by that? We have yeah. a new generation that puts documentation above experience. It's all about Flickr feeds and Facebook status updates. It's basically high-tech bragging. Oh, I want to puke. <laughs> now, I want to puke because... Because there's truth in that. Because I've true, spent a yeah. career-building experience, and now it's worth crap and i have to high-tech brag is that the yeah i think we're gonna see a renaissance well, of yeah, real experience versus virtual i think not too not too far i don't think it'll be a little while but it'll be it's coming no he means he doesn't mean real versus virtual he means like wisdom beats documentation is the myth and he's basically saying people that are just constantly feeding content whether it's their own or whether it's wise is better than Somebody who actually has learned video. something oh, and yeah. puts it out yeah. there. Yeah. So high tech bragging, yeah. which we know. I mean, that's one of our pet Twitter Pins. feeds, right? Feed what? Pitter feeds? Pitter pitter feeds? Oh my gosh! <laughs> that made no Trade sense. Rack, look out! Look out! <laughs> yeah. There's a cow We're on the crashing. track. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Seven, you should build your own community and tools. The web values simplicity and openness. So that's a myth. I would say that is a myth. Don't limit the openness of your project. Make all tools open and easy to share. Okay. Myth eight, keep things professional. Show the people behind the scenes. No, wait. I'm sorry. The myth is keep things professional. And then he says, no, show the people behind the scenes. It gives your site personality. Mm -hmm. makes it sticky. Personality drives your brand. Post photos of staff as well as videos and other content. Perez Perez Hilton does this really well. As does Gary Vanderchuk. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I've never seen I his video. I But I've been reading his or listening to his book, and he talks about how when he does his online video shows, it's all one take. It's live. He's like, if somebody comes to the door, so be it. Mm-hmm. You see my dirty desk, so be it. Right. Yeah, it's not what this is about. Clutter. He has got a very cluttered, dirty, yeah, not dirty, cluttered office that he does his But it's who he from. is. His point right, is he's also, yeah, and he's a very active <clears throat> member of... Uh, Better podcast community is probably the best way to put it because you'll you'll see him show up on other podcasts. Mm-hmm. He'll pop in on like Dignation and sit in with those guys for episodes. You know, he's a, a fun guy. Yeah. Myth nine: Traditional media is irrelevant to the web. Wow, way to go! I didn't expect that to be in here. What was that? Yeah, what? The myth: Traditional media is irrelevant to the web. And he says, TV is not over. Content creators are always yeah. working to get to TV and film. That's where the money is. The average American watches 151 hours of TV a month. That's nothing to sneeze at. You get a stamp of approval thusly, which is what we talk about all the time, right? Mm-hmm. The old media is, you know, I'm not dead yet was one of our blog posts. Just because there are well, new I, means, right, right. it's less effective. It is, but it, it's a constant evolution. I mean, what... It, it's it's like it's it's one of my big pet peeves is when, when people started referring to 
<clears throat> kind of this emergence of social media and kind of the uh, newer look to a lot of the web. They started calling this whole movement Web 2.0. And it drove me nuts that they're trying to put a label on something that is constantly evolving. It's never yeah. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a state that can have a label. And I think that media is much the same. Is much the same. I mean, it's constantly evolving from the day from when paper was invented and the printing press was invented to the the invention of, of radio to TV. And now we're on the internet. I mean, it's const, It's just the channels at which com- messages are delivered constantly change. Um, so I don't. It's it's just it's kind of annoying to have that discussion really about when when is something dead it's it's not dead it's just evolving yeah gary vanderchuk would say it's dead and if it's not dead it's dying but i think i think what you're trying to say is so for example he would he says in his book crush it that i'm listening to people don't you know they're not watching tv as much anymore they're not reading papers anymore i think those things are true they're not doing it through traditional means though I mean, if you're if you're the New York Times and you can figure out how to jump on an iPad and you can figure out how to deliver your content using these new channels, you should be able to survive and thrive. Maybe it's not a piece of you know a newsprint, but that's your point, Adam. It's not dead; it just evolved. Right. I mean, but what? And yeah, and it's what what is dead exactly? What part of it is dead? The Horse pa- and the buggy the, are dead. The paper, the <laughs> yeah. physical paper no. part of it's dead, but there's still the, a message that needs to be delivered. That's not dead. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just who's going to deliver it and how are they going to do it. But if, you're, if you are locked into as a paper lover that it has to be – so if you're a publisher, you know, if you equate life to the newsprint, then you may die. You specifically mm-hmm. may die. Yeah. The medium right. doesn't have to die. Right. TV's not going to die. I mean, good no gravy. Way. It's, it's, it's be on, it's actually be online. blossoming. Yeah. Right? It's coming into a new era, a new age right now. 3D. The... <laughs> 3D. <laughs> All right. Myth 10. People will, people will create good content for you. And he says this is the biggest myth of all. Now, I don't know whether he's talking about Adam's 2.0 rant. Like, in other words, users will create it. Whether he's talking about... Other people can create content for you. So, so like, you know, some Usher's tweets aren't Usher. There's somebody else or somebody else writes a blog post for you. I don't know what he means there because it doesn't elaborate. I think he means you need to generate the content yourself if you want it to succeed. Because it has to come from within you. can't expect that everyone else right. is going well, to and I think, jump I on think the bandwagon. College Humor is a perfect example of that. Because <clears throat> if you go to their website, their best material is the stuff that they have created themselves because it's, it's produced well. It's uh, culturally and socially relevant to the time. It's funny as hell. And mm-hmm. a lot of the rest of the stuff that's up there is not that. So, yeah. And what that tells me is that the, the model, that model isn't changing. That's the talent model. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the same thing applies to the conversation we just had about the New York times. They have a talent for journalism. Just because the vehicle of newsprint may be dying doesn't mean journalism has to go away. Right. right. It may may exist in a different form, mm-hmm. but you still need talent to do it well. Mm-hmm. Dr- Matt Drudge is talented, and anybody who tries, you know, Oprah is talented. These people are talented people, so talent still rises to the top. You can't expect to just have right. anybody replicate it mm-hmm. because. 
it's easy to do. It's the desktop publishing discussion of 1984. <laughs> well, now we have all this page maker. Remember that? <laughs> so now we can all be designers. Well, no, we can't. It right. takes talent yeah. to do that. And just because we can all do podcasts or we can all write a blog doesn't mean they're all going to be good. Mm-hmm. Right. Look at ours. A friggin' train wreck. Some could be yeah. massive train Some are wrecks. horrible like ours. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love it when we prove our own points. All right. Well, that was an interesting conversation. Not too much of a train wreck. All right. Yeah. I'm getting the weird dragging this beyond all <laughs> reasonable means of time frame sign from Adam. Oh, we're at the end anyway, so we're good. Okay. Yeah, so let's sign off for now, and we will uh, be back next week with Healthcare Marketing Insights. This is Chris Bevelo. Jackie Retackle. Adam Meyer. Talk to you then. Bye.